this is Christy. And this is Chuck. This is Grave Matters. Thanks so much for joining us. Chuck never knows which story I'm going to bring. True. It's all a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery, like all these stories. <laughs> this one you've heard me talk about. I've talked about it in my lectures before. So, you sometimes don't listen to my lectures? I sometimes don't. You don't. And that's okay. I forgive you. I drive the bus. That's all I know. I honestly get tired of listening to myself sometimes. Carry the books in, sell the books, whatever. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm okay with that. But this one you might like a little bit more because it's called the Cora Tree. Uh, and that is the name of your daughter. Yep, that's my oldest daughter. One of your Cora. daughters, yeah. So this takes place in the Outer Banks, which we've really never been. We've been no. to the Carolinas, but not the Outer Banks. Yeah, definitely been in North Carolina quite a few times, but no, never towards the water like that. And it's a popular Netflix show, but that's not what we're talking about that's today. That's true. So it is supposedly one of the most beautiful and mysterious places in the U.S. And legends and lore of the mystical and supernatural, a lot of shipwrecks, ghost sightings, and deep history come from that location. I, it is on my bucket, bucket list. list. It is, that we go there. We've been to Myrtle Beach, which is, which is just south of there in South Carolina, but yeah, never been to the Outer Banks, so you know, someday. Yeah, I mean, we've been to North Carolina before. And we've been to Virginia Beach but not the Outer Banks. So it's right in the middle. So one day, in fact, we weren't, yeah, we weren't very far when we were in no, Virginia. No, we were probably less than an hour away from it. Yeah, we could have, we could have done that, but we could've didn't. Could have done it, but we were there out of season anyway. So. We, were, we were out of season and I was working. True. So one of the lores includes Cora and the tree. And it was in the early 1700s that a petite woman, a frail woman, and her baby arrived in Frisco. Now, Frisco is a narrow strip of sand that is in the Outer Banks. It is now a popular destination for surf fishing, surfboarding, kiteboarding, sailboarding, sunbathing, all the things we do not do. Which I'm going to say, yeah, we don't do much of any of those. Probably why we have never been to the Outer Banks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it all makes sense. Mystery now. solved. <laughs> it is approximately six miles long. And it only has one main highway that enters and exits. So it's kind of like Key West. <laughs> kind of like Myrtle Beach. It is. But this has no traffic lights. Oh. So it's really just a beach. It's not really a town town. Okay. This, this particular part of the Outer Banks. All right. So it's a national park, I believe, right now for, the, for most of it. Mm -hmm. So even in the peak of the tourism season, traffic's really not a problem because it's pretty void and vacant. But back to Cora. So Cora built a hut for herself and she had a baby. She had a child and she built it away from the village in the woods. Well, you could kind of call it a hut. She just, it was really hardly a shelter at all, but it was a shelter. And Cora was quiet. She was an introvert and she didn't like to socialize. That actually kind of sounds familiar. Mm. It sounds like your daughter. It sounds kind of like Cora, Cora, Cora. <laughs> it does. People wondered why she needed so much privacy. And of course, town folks and small town folks, they started rumors. Of course. And they circulated fast because there was no husband, right? There was no man. And why would a single woman with a child be living alone in the woods? Right. And this also wasn't long after the Salem witch trials. Uh -uh. 
So it wasn't long before the rumors turned to a little bit more macabre and turned to, well, of course, she must be a witch. I was going to say, she must be a witch. They went right to the witch, you know, with it. The witch in the woods, right? Yeah. I mean, they said that she touched a cow and then the cow stopped producing milk. They said that the boy was teasing the baby and sticking out his tongue and his face contorted. They said that he almost died shortly after. They said that the fishermen stopped being able to get any fish, but Cora could get lots of fish. Mm. So she had to be a witch. Had to be. So now the area was also not a stranger to ships and pirates and shipwrecks and ruffians. We don't use that word too much anymore. Ruffians, no. I'm going to start calling you a ruffian. Uh, yeah, calling you the rough raft. You kind of are. So one of those sailors was Captain Eli Blood. Captain Blood. <laughs> Sounds like a Disney movie. This does. Um, and he was from the ship called Susan G., now, Susan G. wasn't doing so well, the ship that the is. The ship that is. And it needed a lot of repair. So uh-huh. the ship ended up on this island as part of part of the Outer Banks. And Eli happened to be from Salem. So he was a self, you know, he, he was that self-pronounced, I guess, witch hunter. Uh-huh. He knew how to see if there was a witch. And so he decreed himself the defender of the people because Cora was a witch. And so he was kind of that snake oil salesman. Yeah. He went around town. He planted the seeds of doubt. Yeah. He made himself look good. Straighten it up. He was not the the nicest man, but he made himself come across as being the nicest man. So as they were waiting for all of the repairs to be done to the ship, his people had pretty much taken shelter and they were camping out on the beach. And they were awaiting money and they were awaiting like what's going to happen. Now, witch hunting produced a lot of money. You had to have... You know, when you found a witch, they had to pay you to be the defender. So he wanted his bounty on top of, you know, he he sought out that there was a witch. So Eli ended up uh, gathering a mob of townspeople after a body of a local man washed ashore. And supposedly he had his hands clasped in prayer, his face was contorted, and he had 666 that was etched in his skin. This makes for a really good lore, right? I guess. Whether this really happened or not, who knows? But I'm it makes not for a good that, story. But go ahead. So this strengthened Blood's resolve that Cora was a witch. And so he took this mob and they marched through the woods to Cora's hut where they grabbed her and the baby. And they took them both to the middle of town where an old oak tree was to perform his first test to see if she was a witch. There were several of them that they would prove if they were a witch or not. Test, that is. Tests. Okay. So he took out his knife and he tried to cut her hair. Just as he thought he couldn't cut her hair. Wow. Prove she was a witch. So then he went, we got to do the second test. There's three of them we have to Uh do. Okay, number two. Number two. He bound her hands and feet and he threw her in the water. And with this test, if she did not sink but floated on top of the water, 
then she was a witch. In a lot of different legends and lore, if they sank, they were not a witch. They were not a witch, and they were dead. I yes. don't understand it. So what's the difference of doing the test? But she, but she floated. Uh-oh. And most of them didn't float, so she was a witch, right? So they say. So they say. So then they did the third test, and this was a ceremonial witch hunting bowl that he produced. Where did he get a witch hunting bowl? What, what kind of bowl is this? I a, don't know. It a was bowl? a bowl. Yeah, like a B-O-W-L. Okay, like a, a cereal bowl. bowl. Okay. Yeah. He filled it with water. He mm-hmm. pricked his finger, letting blood fall into the bowl. Okay. He instructed three other men to do the same, and then he stirred the water and the and the blood, mixing it into a froth. He then gazed into the bowl, kind of okay. like a crystal ball. Crystal ball or tea leaves or something. And you know what he saw? A witch. He saw Cora, and he saw her next to Satan. Ooh. So she was a witch. So that's what he says. So it was sealed. She was a witch. She was a witch. So she has to die. Has to die. And with any witch, she has to be burned at the stake. Ugh. So the village was like, oh my gosh, what a hero Captain Blood is. <laughs> what a guy. And they needed to be saved because they were all going to die. Of She's going to kill them all. She's going to slaughter them all. So Captain Blood tied Cora and the baby to the old oak tree in the middle of town. The captain and his men gathered kindling and began to prepare the fire. And, of course, all of the town was like, Spectators, and this was well, yeah. What else they got to do? Yeah, they didn't have Netflix back then, <laughs> didn't have TV and <laughs> so internet. She was to be burned alive. Ugh. So, Captain Blood lit the torch, and as he went towards Cora, a lot of a lot of townspeople were saying, You know what, we should probably take her to the mainland and we should probably have justice served the right way. And no. Nope, she's a witch. I proved it. That's right. He's not going to get paid if they don't kill her now. Exactly. He protested big time. And one of the biggest protesters was Captain Smith. Captain Smith begged him, "We we have to make sure that, you know, this is true and real. We have to do this by the books. And he's like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. You know, we, we, are, we don't need proper law. Proper law is going to let her go and then she's going to kill all of us. So Captain Smith grabbed Captain Blood's arm just as the torch fire was to hit the kindling. Mm. And suddenly the sunny skies turned stormy <laughs> and lightning hit the tree. Uh-oh. And it threw the townspeople back. And they heard the ringing in their ears and the hair stood up and they all ran and were scared and they ran for home because, oh my gosh, the witch was trying to kill them, right? Mm-hmm. Justice was going to be served with mm. them. When the smoke cleared, she and the baby were gone. Oh, it was like a magic trick. Mm. The rope still hung on the branches of the splintered burnt tree and all that was left on the tree were four letters, C-O-R-A. Wow. And she was never seen again. Mm. Now, there's another variation that the storm was so bad that they all ran for shelter, leaving Cora and the baby to hang. 
and she disappeared when they saw her, you know, when they came back right. in the morning. Regardless of the lore, they disappeared in the dead of the night, but the tree still stands today with the capital letters C-O-R-A carved in the trunk of the tree. And this tree that stands in the heart of Indian town Frisco, it's in the middle of the street that a road splits around it. And the Cora tree would be over 500 years old if the story is true, wow. which is a very old tree. I guess It's so. an oak tree. So speculations. Are you ready? I'm ready. Was Captain Tom Smith. Let her go. The baby daddy. Ooh, that could be. There's no record of Captain Eli Blood. There's no record of Captain Thomas Smith. There's no record of the ship Susan G. And Cora actually was not a popular name during that time. And it really wasn't a name until the early 1900s. So even though there's a lot of like what's going on, there is some conversation that maybe she wasn't C-O-R-A. Maybe she was K-O-R-A, which was a popular name in Germany. Hmm. And so maybe she wasn't a witch at all and she just didn't speak the language. Hmm. Maybe she was German. Maybe she was an immigrant. Maybe she was a widow. Or maybe she was Thomas Smith's lover, wife. Maybe Cora had been the wife of someone on the ship that Eli had captained. And maybe Eli was doing some ugly stuff and didn't want Cora to talk about it. So she was the pawn. Maybe. And then there's a theory that also says that C-O-R-A can also stand for Croatian. And that maybe it was a billboard for the, the Croatians to let them know that they had moved out of the town. And that the colonists were leaving and they were going somewhere else. So it was sort of like a map. It made me think of The Walking Dead, I you know, where they would leave different hints on little, the trees yeah, little and things, signs. Right. So, signs. yeah, according to Google Maps, you can look it up. The Cora Tree stands proud at 50175 Snug Harbor Drive in Frisco. This huge tree stands in the middle of the split road bearing all of her scars for the world to see and maybe to remind us that it's not always what it seems to be. Huh. So is that who you named Cora after? No, I named her after my great-grandmother, who you said it wasn't pop. The name Cora wasn't popular until the 1900s, and my great-grandmother was born, I think it was around like 19, or not 19, 1885, something like that. Was she German? No, English. Interesting. Yeah. Because that's what, so what year? She was... It was 1880s. Okay. Or maybe it's closer to 1880, because I think my great-grandfather was born in 1878, and he died in in 1978, and she died two, three years later, I believe. Interestingly enough, the name Cora has been in use since the 1800s, which again, this was in the 1700s, so it wasn't used then. It probably gained popularity after it was featured as the name of Cora Monroe, who was the heroine in Cooper's 1826 novel, The Last of the Mohicans. Wow. So then it became a common name for girls, and in the 1900s it ranked number 55. It's actually a very popular name right now. Yeah. My great-grandmother, she was Cora Margaret Vaughn. Vaughn was her maiden name. 
and she married Arthur Henry Butler, so she was Cora Butler. Which I love that. I lay, I love her name. I love your family's name. Yeah. But they say the variant forms are K-O-R-A, Cora, right. and K-O-R-R-A. So I've never seen that. No, and I like that hours. too. Yeah. No, I do like that. So my name is Christy. I just right. had this situation come up the other day where I called to get a doctor's appointment for us and they asked my name and they, they kind of snidely said, is that your legal name? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, for real. And yes. (laughs) Why would I lie? Why would you lie? It's not Christina or Kristen. It's Christy. Christy with a Y. With a Y, but with a K. And a K. And because my family kind of followed the whole German element. And so I was given the name Christy with a K because of the German heritage. Which makes sense. Which I really, if we did our 23andMe and our ancestry, and I am not. I am German, but I'm more Irish than I'm right, German. Right. So, isn't it funny how we think what we are heritage wise, and then we're not at all? Yeah, I was always told that butlers and that they were English, we're from England, but I, I know they came from upstate New York, but no, we were uh, either they were Irish. Yeah. And we just found that out a couple years ago, maybe. We did. So I was told wrong. You were told wrong. There's a lot of famous Coras, though. Yeah. So, and the, and they span to the 1800s. Right. So, it's, but I do love that name. They, they were used a lot in fictional characters, so. Huh. That's um, strange, yeah. Yeah. So, that's the story of the Cora tree. The Cora tree. So, next time we're in the Outer Banks, when we are. When we get that bucket list. <laughs> Mark another one off. When we decide to, what were the things that they said that you could do there? Um, underwater <laughs> basket surfing. weaving? What? Something basket. like that? <laughs> what, in the Outer Banks? Sure. Yeah, they said, what, parasailing and sailboating. Surfboarding, and kite surfboarding, boarding, sunbathing. Sunbathing, all those things that I just love doing when I'm on vacation. But, you know, I do love looking for shells and rocks, so we could do that. I guess we could go browsing the beach and looking for rocks and yeah why not well thanks for joining me on this episode yeah we'll see you guys soon let's hope yeah i believe in you peace